Whoa. So we're traveling with the Apostle Paul. He's been on a voyage. And it's a dangerous voyage. He's had to set sail from Caesarea in Israel on the coast of the Mediterranean. And he's going to Rome. But of course, let's remember why he's making this trip. He's not going for vacation. Uh, no, he's going against his will for he's going to stand trial in Rome for his faith. And he wasn't backing down in his faith and who he was and what he believed. And because of that, and because Paul was a Roman citizen, they really didn't know what to do with him. They were struggling to figure out what to do with Paul. You see, the, the Jews, they were incensed by what Paul was preaching about this man named Jesus who had risen from the dead. And the Romans really just thought Paul was a nuisance. And they just kind of wanted to get rid of him. Just, just go away. Just leave us alone. Uh, but because of the politics of the time, Paul was being sent to Rome to go on trial for his faith. In fact, Paul had spent around two years in prison in Caesarea. Uh, and probably around five to six years of his entire life was spent in prison, all because of his faith and the politics that were going on in the time in, the, in, in that area. In, in fact, the governor and the king and his advisors, they all thought Paul was innocent. In fact, we read this. They said to one another, this man is doing nothing to deserve death or imprisonment. Think about that. Here he is in prison. An innocent man, uh, constantly defending his faith, his beliefs, and ultimately beheaded by the Roman government around 68 A.D. Wow. That's amazing to think about. And all of this could have played out very differently if Paul hadn't been so committed to his faith. Uh, if Paul would have just let up a little bit. I mean, seriously, Paul, just let up a little bit and then you don't have to spend time in prison here. Uh, is your faith so important that you'll spend six years of your life in prison? Well, apparently it was. Not just six years of his life in prison, but ultimately beheaded by the Roman government. His life was constantly being shipwrecked. His life did not turn out the way that he thought it would. Uh, it wasn't fair. It wasn't easy. But what do we learn about Paul during the storms of his life? We see that the storms reveal what Paul believes and what he values. Storms reveal who we are and what we value. That's what we've talked about these past couple of weeks. The storms in our life reveal who we are and what we value. Paul's faith was strong in the midst of the storm. He knew that no matter what happened, however unfair it was, that God was with him. And that God would reward him in heaven for his faithfulness. And that God could even use those storms to bless others. If you can imagine that. Paul valued his relationship with God. And, and the truth of Jesus' love and sacrifice. Over his own comfort and his own life. This is what the storms of Paul's life revealed. He clung to the truth of God in the midst of the storm. As his ship was sinking, Paul held to his faith and his trust in God. Too often in the midst of the storm or in the midst of our shipwrecks in life, 
we hold on to the wrong things, as Roman reminded us last week. In the midst of storms, we hold on to things that have no support. Remember the stand from last week? As, as Roman reminded us, we, we have to anchor ourselves to God in the midst of the storms. And, and last week we read how in the midst of the storm, all hope was lost of them being saved. We read this in Acts 27, 18 through 20. We were being pounded by the storm so violently that on the next day they began to throw the cargo overboard. And on the third day with their own hands they threw the ship's tackle overboard. When neither sun nor stars appeared for many days and no small tempest raged, all hope of our being saved was last abandoned. It's hard for us to imagine that, but just think about that for a second. Have you ever been there before? All hope of being saved is abandoned. It's not a fun place to be at all. All hope of being saved, abandoned. They were going down. There was no way they would survive without intervention. None. It it makes me shudder thinking about that. You know, what will happen to us when all hope of our being saved is abandoned? It's not a place any any of us want to be. But there's two things that we've talked about. Storms reveal who we are and what we value, number one. And two, during the storms of life, we better hold on to the right things if we're going to make it through. The only way we will make it is if we hold on to the truth of God, His love and His salvation, the hope He brings in the darkest of nights. Because there's no other way to make it, because it's guaranteed there will be storms in life. But here's the amazing thing about God. And and, and I think Paul knew this. He lived this because he had this kingdom mentality that God can use shipwrecks to rescue other people. One person's shipwreck is another, another person's rescue. That is hard to fathom. But let me explain it by, by going back to the story of Paul's life and, and, and his trip to Rome. We read earlier, all hope was abandoned. And then in chapter 27 of Acts, we read about the actual shipwreck. Now we skipped that, that text, but I'm going to tell you the story. God had revealed to Paul that they would make it. They would all survive. They would live. Not much beyond that, but that they would all live. But only if the crew stuck together and only... Uh, Only then would they all be saved. And so here's the good news, though. Paul had found favor with the centurion. Remember, he's he's a prisoner, but the centurion trusted Paul because of his faith. And and the centurion was guarding Paul and the other prisoners. Yet you see, the sailors, they wanted to kill all the prisoners to to lighten the load, throw them overboard. And, And in order to save themselves... But the centurion wouldn't allow it because of what Paul had said. They needed to stay on board the ship and they needed to trust Paul in order to survive. Finally, the ship runs aground. They get close to the island of Malta. They're on this uh, sandbar and it says the waves are just pounding the ship wave after wave as it is going down. And finally, Paul says, now it is time to abandon ship. Now it is time to hold on to anything you can hold on to and swim to shore. And they make it. Uh, and, and they all swim to safety on the island of Malta. But here's the thing. The, the ship was destroyed. The cargo was lost. But they were all rescued because of Paul and God's promises to Paul. One person's shipwreck can mean another person's 
rescue. But there's more to the story. Earlier we, we read it that the, the islanders, they take them in and they provide food for them. And this is where we read that the snake bites Paul on the arm and he throws it off into the fire. And all the villagers think, well, he must be a murderer. And this is his justice coming to him. And they're watching him, waiting for him to swell up and die. And then he doesn't swell up and die. So they, the villagers change their mind and they say he must be a god. And, and, and then the chief of the island brings Paul to his father who is sick. And Paul heals the man and many others on that island who are sick. It is because of this shipwreck that this man's father is healed. And many other people are healed on the island. One person's shipwreck can mean another person's rescue. And here's the thing. If we could just change our perspective and our attitude, we can see that the shipwrecks of our life don't have to just end with the loss of cargo or even the loss of our life. They can actually bring good and good fortune to others if we let it. If we have a proper perspective and attitude in life. And that's the important thing. We have to change our attitude about the life we live. Because here's the guarantee. Let me tell you again. You, are you ready? Here's the guarantee you're going to be shipwrecked at one time or another. That's the guarantee. But how you make it through it, that's, that's what matters. See, Paul had a kingdom-minded perspective, and he knew that no matter where he was in life, he could make a difference in someone else's life. Even though his life was being shipwrecked, he was rescuing other people. That, that's the kind of life I want. In the midst of my shipwreck, I want to be able to offer life to others. And we can't let others define the outcomes of what happens to us, to us either. I want you to hear that. We can't let others define the outcome of our life and what happens to us. We need to let God define that. And, and this is where we get in trouble. And, and I want to use Paul's life as an example, but it's, it's a bad example because we read Scripture and we read uh, Paul, the life of Paul, and we typically have the proper perspective. We typically think, oh, well, it's Paul, so he's all good. It's going to turn out good. But we don't do that in our life, do we? Something happens to us and we think, oh, dang, I must have made God mad. He must be upset with me. I must be cursed because life just isn't going well. You know, and, and we say, oh, uh, God's mad at me. I didn't do that. And then something goes well, and you say, oh, now God's happy with me. Yeah, I'm doing good. It's all good. And then something else happens, and we go back and forth and back and forth. And we let other people, we let the world define our life instead of defining it through God. Now, if, if we did that with Paul, it, it would go something like this. Paul's put in prison. Oh, he must be guilty. He must have done something wrong. He must be cursed. Uh, and then he wins the heart of the king. Oh, now he's innocent after all. He must be blessed. And then he's sent to trial in Rome. Oh, he must be cursed after all. It just isn't fair, is it? And then he's shipwrecked. Oh, he must be cursed. He must have done something wrong. And then he's rescued. Oh, he's blessed now. And then he's bit by a snake. Oh, really? He must be cursed. And he must have made God mad. And then he survives a snake bite. Oh, he's blessed by God after all. And then he's sent to Rome and spends the rest of his life in prison until he's beheaded in AD 68. Oh, he must be cursed. He must have done something wrong. Oh, whoa. What a terrible way to end your life. Man, what a terrible, he, he lost his life early. He, he didn't make any impact in the world. We think that's crazy reading Paul, 
But so often we read our life that way, don't we? We, we forget the impact that we can have. But it all has to change up here, right? And here, in our attitude as we're going through life. Because one person's shipwreck can mean another person's rescue. We forget that. Too often we see an event in our life and we only see the shipwreck. We forget that God can and will use any event, no matter how terrible or how unlucky or how weird or how broken, and he can bring about good. God is good. We forget that Paul wrote Ephesians and Philippians, the the letter of joy, and Colossians and Philemon while he was in prison, right? His life was shipwrecked. We wouldn't have those letters unless Paul was in prison. One person's shipwreck can mean another person's rescue. We, Paul, in fact, if we take a step back from the book of Acts, and this is what I like to do, what is, what is Acts teaching us? What is showing us? If we, if we kind of look down on it from a macro level uh, and we see the purpose of Acts, we actually see that it's the tragedies of life that fulfill the mission of the church. All the way back in Acts chapter 1, verse 7, we see Jesus telling his disciples these words. And these are kind of the, this is the, the purpose, the summary of what Acts is, the, 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 the purpose of this whole journey. He says this, Jesus tells his disciples, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem in Judea, and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Here at the beginning of Acts, we get the purpose of what Acts is telling us. So, what did it take to get them out of Jerusalem? It took persecution. Oh, yo, you mean me, go out. What did it take? It took their lives being shipwrecked, and they began to spread throughout the rest of the world. And here we see Paul fulfilling the witness part of the ends of the earth. Because at that time, Rome was considered the end of the earth. But we would know that these disciples, they went beyond Rome. They went to Africa. They went to India. They went to Asia. They went to the ends of the earth. And it was because of the shipwreck and the persecution. Don't let the storms of life wreck you. They aren't easy, they're not fun, but they're not the end. Because we who are in Christ, we don't live just for the now, we live for the kingdom. And if we have kingdom attitudes and kingdom perspectives, then we know that this shipwreck that is happening to us now, not fun, horrible, terrible, I'm crying every day, I don't like it, but that shipwreck can mean rescue for someone else. Because I might be able to provide a witness to someone else. I might be able to show forth God's glory in the midst of the shipwrecks of life. God can take our shipwrecks and use them for someone else's rescue. Let us pray.